Good to see you. God's given us a beautiful day, and it's, uh, it's even more sunny and bright because you are here today. So thank you for your attendance today. I, uh, I'm excited to see as we continue our study, uh, fruit of uh, being known by the fruits today. And uh, so turn to Galatians chapter 5. As we go there, um, uh, this morning we have a few visitors and uh, some who have come from uh, from out of state, and it reminded me of, of the story uh, that I heard, and uh, I heard about this this journalist who was uh, going uh, around the country to different churches and uh, is writing a piece about about church. So yeah, the first church I think he went to was in Florida, and he goes to this church, and uh, he sees you know, we ha- we have a phone back there on the wall. He sees the phone. And there's a phone, but next to the phone there is this uh, sign that says direct line to God, $10,000 a minute. Ooh. And then he's like, what is this? I have never heard anything about this. So he asked the pastor what, 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 what this about. And he said, oh, it's, it's exactly what you, if you, if you pay $10,000, you can call God and, and, and speak to God for, for a minute or however many 10,000s you have. And then he, he goes, he, he goes to Kentucky and Tennessee and, uh, California and Texas. And, uh, he goes all these places and same thing in every church. But then he comes to Oklahoma, and he sees the phone on the wall, but there's no, no sign there. So he asks the pastor, what, why isn't there a sign that t- tells how much it is to call God? And he said, oh, son, this is Oklahoma. It's a local call. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. So, hey, let's get into our study today. As we dive deeper into Galatians chapter 5 and the fruit of the spirits, uh, first we're going to go back and, and, and look at a section that you might have hoped that we would skip, right? Uh, Galatians uh, 5.16, as, as it goes through, we're going to look at, at, at the works of the flesh. And, but before we get there, let's kind of just review just a little bit. Last week we talked about, we focused on the fruit of the Spirit. It, it's, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. That is singular, right? And the fruit of the Spirit we saw is love. Love is the fruit of the Spirit. And then we looked at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and, 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 and we saw the nature of God and His love and what that, that looks like. So as for believers who've come to know Christ, when we come into this personal relationship with God, we have His Spirit that comes inside of us and makes residence in us and we become new creatures. Amen? Praise the Lord. But... As we are in this, we still have our old nature, or this sin, the flesh nature, that is warring against us. So we have to learn as new cre- creatures to walk in the Spirit of God. So as we learn to walk in the Spirit of God, then God reveals himself more to us, and we, we learn to conquer the things that are easily ensnare us. So as we look at Galatians, our text this week, first we're going to look at uh, the fruit, the, not the fruit, but the works of the flesh. Uh, so so to, to get a, a sense of what we're up against. So, 
If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 16 through 21. Word of God says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the desire of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desire of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Father, we just come before you today and we ask that you would just bless this reading of your word. Father, Lord, we ask that you would speak uh, the truth into our hearts and our lives today. And Father, that uh, we would uh, learn to walk by your spirit uh, and how to overcome all the desires of our flesh. And we pray this in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. As we look at that list, we see 15 things listed there. And then if we go back to our our King James Version, we see that the list is just a little bit different. And there's 17. And and I don't want you to to think that they're, they're different. They just added a couple together, all right? But in the King James Version, we see adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, uh, immolation, wrath, strife, uh, seductions, heresies, envying, murder, drunkenness, or rivalries. So as, as we get into more of this, we will talk more and more about these things, and, 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 and they're, they're not contradicting each other, they're just, uh, they're just put in different ways. But what we need to know and what we need to understand is this that all these things and for both sections in the King James and the ESV right there it says and things like this or as such so this is not an exhaustive list there's there's a lot more sins in our lives amen Uh, so but what we need to understand and what we need to see here is that the all these things all these words all these actions what they have in common is this Flesh. Flesh. What is that? You know, we, we know we, have, we are made of flesh and bone, but, but we as human beings were born and have this sin nature upon us. We are sinners. And we are sinners in, in this flesh. 
because we are human beings. What that means is that we do what we want to do. We do how we want to do it in our power, and we are able to do all things that we can do upon our own, in our own power. It's who we are. As human beings, when we walk in our flesh, we are able to do all kinds of things, whether good or bad. Did you know that people walking in the flesh can be very religious and good? Did did you know that people walking in their flesh can, can stand up and give testimonies in church? Do you know that people walking in flesh can stand up and preach sermons in church? Did you know that people walking in the flesh can lead music? Do you know that people walking in the flesh can sing in the choir? Did you know that people walking in the flesh can take the Lord's Supper? Did you know that people walking in the flesh can minister unto those others? They can, they can be zealous and, and proclaim uh, God in, in, for the church in, in great and mighty ways. They can even lead people to Christ. Did you know that? See, what I, what I want you to get and, and what I want you to, to think about is, as we move in this is that the walking in flesh doesn't necessarily mean wicked things. What it means to walk in our flesh is that as we move, as we walk in our flesh, we are gratifying ourselves. We are doing what we want to do, and sometimes that can even look like good. Sometimes that can even be good things. But the truth is that if I am walking in the flesh and I am gratifying my desires and doing my thing, then what reward do I get for that? The reward that you get for walking in your flesh, my brothers and sisters, is this. What you did. There it is. That's your reward. Hope you enjoyed that. The difference is that we need to heed the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Matthew 7, verse 21, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of the Father, who is in heaven, And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? Did we not uh, do mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Man, that, you think about that, and you think about this, we think about good people doing good things, and, and, and you know, if you, poll, if you poll our nation, most of them will say, if you're a good person, you're going to go to heaven, right? It's hard for me to even imagine people, so-called good people, Working inside churches, being zealous for God and doing things and leading people uh, to, to a form of religion 
yet totally missing it. And in so totally missing the point, they totally miss out on eternity. Not because of the things that they did weren't good, but the things that they did were to glorify themselves instead of the Lord. Are are we keeping the first commandment? Are, Are we placing God first in our lives? Or have we established ourselves on top of our list? You know, it's not a coincidence that the first four works there in the King James Version of the workings of the flesh go back to sexuality. Because there's no other form that greatly shows our flesh than sex sins. The first... You know, two there are adultery and fornication, uh, the, and in the ESV that that translates into sexually immorality. Uh, but what we see here translated for us is that both translations come from the Greek, right? And the word from the Greek that we get here and is pictured for us is 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 porneia, which means an unlawful or or, or immoral sexual encounters. Porneia is actually pointing us to uh, porneia, which is prostitution. The word picture for us here is the picture of people, get this, people buying and selling themselves for love. And as you see this, and we, we look at the fruit of the Spirit, which we know is love, we know it's a, a God's love, agape love, and then we think back here to this section as it, it starts out and it's pointing us to this fleshly love, this, this earthly fornication kind of love. We see that ourselves and in ourselves and in our our flesh people are searching for love and they, and they search for a kind of love to to fill them up but but nothing can fill them up in the right way because they don't understand that God's love outweighs the fleshly love we see we see this, and, and as we come back to the word adultery, we, we see when we know this word because it is part of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Amen? And, and Amen? <laughs> Thank you. And, and we see this word, and, and what it means, what it means is that it, when I marry, I'm forbidden to go outside my marriage and have sexual relationships with another person. Fornication talks about this as well. Fornication means I am not to to have sex with anybody that I'm not married to. Students, before you get married, don't have sex. Why? I want to be very transparent this morning, all right? 
All right, and, and I know this can be uh, an uneasy subject for some of us today, especially me, but I, I want you to know this. Let's get this out. Let's put this on the table, all right? Sex. Sex inside of marriage is wonderful. I didn't get an amen on that. (laughs) Sex inside of marriage is awesome. (laughs) Now they're warming up. His wife must have nudged him. Do you know why? Because God created it to be awesome. And God created it to be awesome inside of marriage because of this. Inside of the marriage relationship and blessing by God, sex in a marriage is holy. It is wonderful. There is, it is not a sin. There is no shame in it. Guess what? Guess what? Everybody here today is here because of so sex is wonderful inside marriage but let me ask you this question do you believe Do you believe in your hearts of hearts that the God of love wants what's absolutely best for you? I sure hope you said yes to that. I hope you know that the truth is that God loves you and he loves you in a way that he wants you to have the best life possible. And it is for this reason This reason why God gave us the commandments. It's this reason why he said, don't don't fornicate, don't have adultery. Because what happens when we do those things? It hurts people. And, and as, as, we, as we look at our world today, and, and folks, I, I think it's easy to see that, that Satan has brought out his, his four guns upon us. He, he has unleashed everything that he can against us. There's an arsenal that is coming up against us in our time. And one of the biggest battles that is waging is for the family. Because he knows that if he can wage uh, sin and, and reproach and, 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 and uh, adultery, fornication, all these things, that he can come in and he can, he can split up families. He can tear apart families. And when he does this and when he gets between a husband and wife and, 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 and these things happen, then their bitterness and their hatred come upon them. And then if there are children involved, what happens? They tumble down this situation. If they don't find Jesus Christ, they come into a place where they're looking for a different kind of love. They're looking for love from all things that are in the world and they find that in, in, in fornication and different things and then they find that they try to fill themselves up with other things like, like drugs or sex and it just doesn't happen and what happens is that as they pour themselves into finding the love that they can only find in God they find themselves trapped in this world of sin 
They find themselves slaves to sin, in which brings only hurt and pain and more and more and more. My friends, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you come to walk in His Spirit, you find the only thing in this world that can give you satisfaction. Completeness. And you know, for some of us, what that looks like, and some of us, some of us are called to a life of singleness. But if I know Jesus, even though I'm single, then I can, find, I can know completeness and satisfaction. Some of us are called to, to, to be in relationships and, and to love others, but, but you're never going to love that person as deeply as you can unless you know Jesus Christ. And, when you can, and, and then when he leads you to the person that you're supposed to, you're supposed to love them like Jesus loved you. In Jesus, we find love. We move on to uncleanliness or Lasciviousness. Other words, impurity. What these words are getting at is 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 a lewdness. Is it's 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 a filthiness, vulgarity. It's it's explained like this: gross sexual sin. If you don't think that Satan is doing his best to attack the minds of our time, then I, I want you to take a look at this uh, chart that we have up on the screen. It, it's kind of small because there's a lot of information on this, so let me tell you what it says. Uh, it's talking about pornography. Get this. 90% of children between the ages of 8 8 and 16 have already viewed pornography porn sites on the internet comprise 12% of the whole internet can you, you, I, I can't even fathom how much information 12% of the whole internet is. The largest consumers of pornography are of the ages of 12 to 17. Year old boys. 70, now, and, 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 and think about this, but 70% of men ages 18 to 34, are going to view pornography this month. But it's, it's, just not, it's just not all the guys. This might blow you away. One in every six women struggle not with just looking at porn, but porn addiction. 
10 to 14 billion dollars a year are spent on pornography. To give you a little perspective upon that, that is equivalent to the monies that our government government gives away for foreign aid. 25% of every search engine request is for porn. And this might just shock you, but 50% of pastors struggle with pornography. As a society, we have come to, to this point. 38% of our society says this, that porn is morally acceptable. We're in trouble, aren't we, folks? You know, yesterday uh, I was going over this lesson and I was writing down what I thought God wanted us to hear today. And uh, I took a, bro- a break for a minute and I went out to, uh, I went to my window and I was just looking out. And uh, the temperature has, has, was raised up a little bit. It's almost 50 degrees. And uh, the sky was just a beautiful Carolina blue. And uh, there were a few white clouds in the sky. It was just beautiful. And, you know, I'd been going over this and thinking about this. And and I just just prayed. And I said, Lord, you know, help us. Forgive us where we're at. Help us to overcome the the wickedness and the sin and the shame that that is just oppressed upon our nation. And uh, forgive us and help us to uh, to 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 get rid of this that the sin that easily ensnares our people. And you know what? Immediately, God spoke to my heart. Immediately. You know what he said? Immediately, he said, I have. I have. And I, and I was just like, you ever have, duh. <laughs> you ever have those duh, duh moments? I had a duh moment. I was like, yeah, wow, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, 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 Lord. Thank you so much for reminding me and getting me right on where I'm praying. I don't need to pray that, that, that we, we need to, 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 to find the forgiveness. What we need to do is get it out there, let people know that Jesus Christ has, has, has done everything that needs to be done to forgive you of your sin. Jesus, he paid that penalty. He paid that price upon the cross for us. He was buried and dead, and then he rose again to conquer sin and death. And it doesn't matter if it's pornography or what it is, what flesh, what, what problems of the flesh you're having, what you're struggling with. Jesus has conquered it. He has conquered it, and he's conquered it to set you free so you don't have to be enslaved to that. The devil has nothing on you. You have freedom. You don't have to be enslaved to anything. You can be free in Jesus Christ if you just put your love and your trust in him. Oh, and I just had to say, duh, 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for reminding me of that. God, I pray that all of us here today understand the love and the sacrifice that Jesus has given to us to overcome all kinds of sin and problems. I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 it says, There is no temptation. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with a temptation, he is also going to provide a way of escape that you may, not, that, that you may be able to, have, to endure it. God is here for you. God wants to come with you and, and help you through anything that the world is throwing to, at you. So if you are here today and you are struggling with something, it doesn't have to be pornography, whatever it is, you know this. Number one, that Jesus came to take that from you and he is here to guide you and protect you from it. You just got to trust in him. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know that whatever the flesh is, God has conquered it. When you surrender your life to him, he is faithful to help you through it. We've got to to stop fighting against the Spirit and start walking in the Spirit. We've got to let go of our flesh and hold on to the Spirit. Last week, as as we looked at the fruit of the Spirit of being love, God is love. And His perfect love, He places inside of us when we accept Him as our Lord and Savior. The proof of that is, we saw last week, in, in joy. Joy is one of the proofs of God's love in our lives. And we talked about joy, and just to recap just a little bit, joy has nothing to do with happiness. Happiness just means about your happenstance, wherever you're at, if you're happy or not at that situation. Joy goes so much deeper than that. Joy is something that cannot be taken away. Joy, uh, no matter uh, if people try to cut us down, if they try, uh, try to break us down, if they try to beat us down, if they even try to kill us, they can't take my joy. Praise God. But another product of the fruit of the Spirit, of God's love, is peace. You know, when it comes to this world and this war, our, our flesh against spirit thing, anybody with me say, you just get tired? We need a nap right now. <laughs> just get tired of the, the war of the fleshing. But the proof of God is peace. Philippians chapter 4, oh, this is such a good passage. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer 
and supplication. Supplication means humbly and, and earnestly asking by supplication and with thanksgiving because God's already conquered it all, amen? Let your request be made known to God and, oh, yeah, I love this, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What an awesome God we have. The Hebrew word for for peace is is shalom. The Greek word for peace is is, uh, enare or something like that. Don't trust me. But but in that, in in that Greek word, that Greek word has a range of meanings. Listen to this word, this Greek word for peace. It can also mean totality, completeness, success, fulfillment, holiness, harmony, and security. As you look at that word shalom in the Hebrew, The idea of shalom is this. It means a realm where chaos is not allowed to enter. How awesome is that? My friends, when you come to know Christ, when you come to walk in the Spirit, when you have the fruit of His love, the proof of that is joy, is also peace, and and that peace will bring you totality, it will bring you completeness, it will bring you harmony, it will bring you success, it will bring you security, it will bring you fulfillment, it will bring you wholeness, and I tell you this, and this is true, and you can take it to the bank, that you're only going to find true, complete peace in God above. It's the only place to find it. So my question is to you today, do you have peace? Do you have peace this morning? Do you, do you understand that the God of love is with us today and he's speaking unto you that he has conquered all sin and death. And he did it for you. And it's free for you if you only put your faith in him. Let's pray.